This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Hello there. Welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. This is the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. I'm Peter Gowers. Let's get straight to the NT Independent Online newspaper now and chat with Chris Walsh, the editor. Walshy, how are you going? Hey, I'm good, Pete. Good to see you again this week. Good to see you too, mate. Working hard and just listening to Territorians as always you are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Even over the weekend here sometimes as these things happen and, uh, you know, we are just saying that. So we're, news never sleeps, man. No, that's it. It's usually Friday morning, just after we've finished recording the uh, weekend episode. And uh, it, it, it at least allows me to bank some stories for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Some things, big things happen on Friday sometimes. That's yeah. it. Well, let's get into it. The first story. Uh, I mean, this is, it's getting to the point now of ridiculousness, but uh, the Barclay Mayor in the news again, uh-huh. Chris. Surprise, surprise. Who, yeah, is still in that role, even as of now, as we're talking. <laughs> um, I can't believe it, but uh, look, yeah, you know, action really should have been taken against him and council a long time ago, probably last year when these problems started happening. Now, this marks the fourth investigation in over 13 months, police investigation into the current mayor of the Berkeley Regional Council, uh, Jeffrey McLaughlin is his name. Uh, so yeah, look, the, the latest now, of course, and everyone's seen the video that, um, you know, David Wood got the story up, broke the story on Friday, uh, that of this video, uh, that shows the Barkley Mare sitting on a, uh, indigenous child, about 12 year old boy, uh, while another man, uh, threatens to kill him, threatens to stomp on his head, threatens to punch him. Uh, at one point in that video, you can see the other man uh, put his boot with force on the kid's head while McLaughlin has him pinned to the ground and is sitting on him in a move that even the uh, Northern Territory police aren't allowed to use while apprehending a, a suspect. And, uh, you know, wow. uh, it, it's just like ridiculous. And for, for to get to that point and. You know, so then we think, okay, well, what's going to happen? I mean, clearly he's got to resign. Uh, Woody went to him on Friday before we ran the story around noon. And uh, he spoke to Woody quickly and briefly. And, of course, when Woody got to the point where he said, well, you know, why, why did you let this other guy continue to abuse him? Uh, yeah. The phone was promptly hung up. And uh, we didn't hear from Jeffrey again. <laughs> now, some of those other it's questions definitely a were... definitely line issue. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Woody texted him back and said, "All right, you know, are you going to resign over? We we somehow got disconnected, Jeffrey. Are you going to?" And I didn't get to ask. You're going to resign now? And uh, he said, "No, no comment or something." I guess so. He was still deciding. It's funny. It's like a CLP. Giles used to do this kind of stuff, and he'd consider it for a while. He knew what the right thing was to do was, but then he'd consider it and overthink it and. So this is what McLaughlin's done now. He's uh, he's not resigning. He guess I guess he decided sometime on Friday that he wouldn't. He put out a statement on Saturday about it, saying he was doing a citizen's arrest. Uh, he also then this is where the stories start to change. And there was an editorial that I encouraged people to read called the I think it was the exceptional ever expanding truths of Jeffrey McLaughlin. And uh, you know Saturday he started telling different stories to different people. So like the whole thing, Jeffrey, is this: you put out a statement, then be quiet about it. Let your statement be the statement but then he starts talking some more right and with a guy like him with the adult mind like his when he starts um talking he starts saying things that well that are untrue and that can be proven to be untrue including that he um 
that uh, that he was that he had performed. He told the ABC restorative justice with the family. He claimed he said, "Oh no, I called them right away, the grandfather and the parents, and I and I worked with them, and I worked with police." Now these are the same police he's accusing of, of uh, colluding against him in this other in the drug trial that he's up on drug charges. Uh, so yeah, so the, the story started then Pete, for some bizarre reason, the man started telling people and started messaging people around town and around the territory that he was the boy's grandfather. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then that seemed to me, he thought that made it better. I, I, I just, I just don't understand. The other <laughs> thing he was claiming at one point, and he has the daughter that's only a minute or some 30 seconds, a minute of, uh, of, uh, a 20 minute ordeal. <laughs> so again, you cannot sit That's on a twelve-year-old child when you're a giant man like him for twenty minutes. Um, anyway, look, uh, uh, Woody had a story up here on um, on Wednesday morning that the family's come out now. Woody was able to talk to the family of the boy who said, "No, he did not undertake any restorative justice. In fact, he did not call us. In fact, the NT police did not call us. In fact, we don't know what day this even happened, and we've never heard anything about this." Wow. So even if he did his citizen's arrest and the police showed up, well, what the hell did they do? They didn't even notify the parents about this. So, you know, yeah, they're, they're, it raises a lot of issues. Look, and his defense and he, his defense was, you know, it's an out-of-control crime epidemic, youth crime epidemic, and my house was broken into. Now, again, we have no reason to believe anything this man says anymore. And <laughs> the thing that's always bothered me about this is why is the other guy so angry if it was Jeff McLaughlin's house, right? <laughs> like, this is what I'm saying. This he's stuff doesn't make sense. angry. But I mean, so he's claimed that. Now, look, he's got a point. There is a youth crime epidemic and the government has let it get to that, right? But, but the question here is, were there other ways to deal with the situation? And there was, and we'll kind of unpack all of that, I think, on the weekend, Pete, but I'll tell you that yeah, in the location he was, and as I mentioned about the anti-police not using those kind of techniques, there was no need to sit on a child like that while another guy threatened him. And then you can hear McLaughlin, you know, echo the threats that are being made about, like, you know, keep your effing head down. I'll sit on you as effing long as I want to. Um, it, you know, I know that some people are saying, oh, well, look, this, this it is so bad and this is what you have to do. Sometimes, no, there, there are better ways to do this. He's also the mayor and the mayor has to be above, you know, has to be at a higher position than everyone else and you need to respect that office. But this is a man, I, I think I just told you last week about how this guy doesn't respect the office. I mean, he's still in it and he's making wild accusations and now he's running around. And if he was so proud of this, I mean, why didn't he tell anyone about it, right? This, yeah. the, his hands-on approach to tackling crime in Tenant Creek yeah. because he knew it was wrong. Anyway, we're, look, the government, we're still working on some things here and I'll, I'll get into some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the weekend too of what's gone on and how media's kind of done this and um, and where the government's been, right? We have files come out and say, oh, it's a violent, a terrible attack, what happened to me with the pie in the face? And then asked about this, she says, oh, you know, it's confronting, but I understand why people are frustrated. Because <laughs> of you, you caused it. <laughs> exactly. That's like the old switcheroo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like people are frustrated with me. I'm all for it, you know? And that's the thing. She couldn't see any violence in this video, but she could in the getting the pie in the face as well. So it's all about her and what, yeah. what suits her politically. And then that's what we'll get into is the politics yeah. behind it, what it means and everything too. And I'd like to talk about that too, because I, I read a quote again uh, in the last few days that was related to the pie in the face incident. And I'd read it. 
I'd read it then too. And I was like, hang on a sec. We need to talk about this. We need to be talking more about some of the statements that were made by her after that fact. Oh, well, look, I think that she right out just quickly, Pete, and then we'll get into it more. But she made two comments last week while on radio saying that it's a violent attack what happened to me and it's completely unacceptable. She said those that line twice and then said, but I can't yeah. talk because the police are investigating. Well, really, you've given direction to police on what to do. You've influenced not only police, but the DPP, that they want to serve the chief minister and that they're going to push the charges harder on her than they would on anyone else. So that is a real influence uh, issue there. That, um, But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that some more and some other things. Sounds good. And while you're digging around, I'd like you to get me the um, estimated cost of the dry cleaning for the mayor's garb while he's rolling around on the ground with 12-year-olds as well. <laughs> yeah, that was his active wear, I think. The- <laughs> All right. Now, the ongoing saga that is the uh, Kumanjai Walker coronial inquiry, yep. the uh, coroner has issued a gag order and then unissued a gag order. What's what's the state of play with that, Chris? Well, well, no, well, yeah. So, look, the, the gag order is in effect. So here, like, just quickly, and we'll get into this on the weekend in yeah. a bit more Can detail. Can we talk but- about it or are we gagged? <laughs> that's what somebody asked me yesterday because i think she did try that before but it wasn't in this gag order it didn't say we couldn't talk about the gag order so i did because look the, the, this this was filed now what it was was an application brought by zach rolf's lawyers to get armitage to recuse herself on the grounds of apprehended bias now there are reasons that they made these allegations and that they want her to stand down uh some of them are pretty strong from what I understand. Uh, but what happens here is the ABC somehow gets leaked documents, which they then claim they don't have, despite quoting them in the lead of the story. They if quoted you did have them. them, they might say this. Yeah, it was like the one that they said, oh, sources with knowledge, but we don't have the document. You quoted the documents in the first line of your story. I, wow. The stupidity. So then, but then, so then they go into some of this stuff with the sources with knowledge told them. So look, I want to write the story. I get some documents. I want to write this story. Well, then I see in the morning as I'm writing the story, the, the suppression order comes in from the coroner saying that we can't report the details of the, the application. Well, it's basically, you know, yeah, gagging uh, media. I'm reporting what, what, what Rolf's lawyers are calling her inadequacies and in, in handling this inquest as it's yeah. gone on. And they raised some things and we'll, we'll get into them some more on the weekend. But look, a big part of it was, um, uh, uh, and this is sources with knowledge or whatever. <laughs> and the ABC got to this point, and uh, is that um, a lot of it goes around, and we'll get the details at some point, but goes around this visit that they made to Uendamu in November of last year, that being the coroner and counsel assistant Peggy Dwyer. Now, this is where they got into uh, a yarning circle, it's called. And they also had uh, face painting done by the family members of uh, of Walker, which, yeah, I think even back then was a little, everyone's like, why, why is she doing this exactly? And then you also heard from uh, a community representative, Ned Hargraves, who said that, that Rolf needed to be speared and his blood spilled and that that would be what, what they consider payback. Uh, and in no time did we hear in the media or see in the media or anywhere that uh, that either the coroner or counsel assistant Peggy Dwyer uh, rebuked those comments and then kind of say, hey, that's not how we do things. Uh, so do not call for violence against people. That's not how we work here. Um, so, look, there, there is issues there. There's issues in a lot of other little parts, I think. And I'm hoping, well, look, by the weekend, we'll still be kind of restricted on what we can say. But what strangely happened? 
happened last night. I, I run the story and I'm the only one reporting, well, look, she put out the suppression order. Uh, and then at 9.30 on, on Tuesday night, 9.30 at night, Pete, the courts put out a, a, a statement saying, yeah, look, it's only an interim gag order and uh, she's hoping to release it next week sometime after all the parties can make submissions on it now. All right. But look, look, this is a this is a coroner who's suppressed for, for no good reason at all for something like eight months, those coronial reports, the public proctor stuff that showed, you know, just damning things against management and police, for starters, and how police handled that night in Uendamo. And also then all of the alleged corruption that went on in the investigation into Rolf, the, the, you know, altering witness statements, uh, covering things up, withholding documents, all that was in there. She, for some reason, for eight months, did not allow anybody to report on that. We did. We got it from other ways. Um, but, uh, but yeah, look, I, that, that's the thing is she's trying to control this message. It becomes this, it seems this inquest is more about some sort of message or some sort of agenda than it is getting to the real truth here of what's happened and, and the failings that, that go so wide and above everything more than what happened that day in November, 2019, when Walker was shot. So yeah, there, there's some more stuff we'll get into on that for sure. All right. And just lastly, before we go, uh, we've talked long and hard about the fact that we're can concerned that the CLP in opposition are lacking ideas and lacking creativity and innovation. And uh, that was confirmed this week when they decided to go back to the Stone Age, Chris. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. And that's what it sounds like. Yeah, Pete, look, I think we've we've talked about this and, and them being bereft of many fresh ideas to handle the fresh problems that we're facing today, uh, laborers as well. But it, it was surprising. Yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised to see Shane Stone um, elected president now, the party. Now, this is somehow going to rejuvenate them. Now, th- this is all in Shane Stone's head, too, right? I mean, like, in his mind, he's the white knight who's come in and saved the CLP <laughs> on all these occasions. I just saw on the NT News today, he was saying, well, we're going to win because I'm involved. And then he told the ABC the other day, yeah, the good old boys are good because we good old boys, we know how to win. It's like you knew how to win, jackass, and you also knew when you were going to lose because you got out and gave yourself a QC. And then you and then, you know, very soon after that, uh, the CLP was defeated for the first time and Labor took charge. So, mm. look, I, a lot of people I talk, there's some people look and. Maybe the good old boys, um, they love it. They think it's great that he's back. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of comments, well, at least he's a real conservative. Well, at least he, he knows how to win. At least he knows how to get things done. Uh, okay, well, that was, you know, he's yesterday's man here. And there's a lot of people saying on the other side of that, well, look, he, people resigned from the party last time he came in. We didn't want that. Um, mm. How are you going to get the youth in here? How are you going to come up with new ideas? And, and and you know, that's the other thing is what 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 is the effect of the president? President uh, on the party, the policies, and these things. Anyway, I mean, these uh, last presidents that they have really didn't contribute very much that we could see. But this seems to be like Shane Stone's acting like he's just been pre-select, <laughs> you know, for Parliament again. Like he's yeah. he's going to be the new treasurer if CLP wins or something. Like you know, and then they're rewriting the past. The NT News this week too. Not only are they state media now, they're rewriting the past about the <laughs> Parliament House and how it was built and how Warren Anderson's a great guy and he did it just out of the goodness of his heart. Yep. Instead of, you know, reporting that that actually involved secret donations to the CLP, which Shane Stone was involved in at the time. Uh, and millions, uh, cost blow, that, those buildings cost $150 million and millions going in management fees to Anderson, questionable stuff. It was all in a Four Corners report from 1991. 
yeah. well, people forget the history here sometimes, but, uh, you know, I guess that's why we're back in the stone age now. And, um, uh, We'll see what he does, but uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of mixed reactions from everybody on that. Understandably, and I look forward to talking about it with you in more detail on the weekend, Chris. Great, thanks, Pete. We'll see you then. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent Online Newspaper. Weekends with Walshy back again on the weekend. That'll be released around 7 a.m. Saturday morning. In the meantime, you have a good week, and we'll catch you next week on the Territory Story Podcast News Bites. That was the Territory Story News Bites for this week. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.